Welcome to Science Versus, the show where we pit fact against fad. I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and today we're dissecting the paleo diet. Researchers have been celebrating a breakthrough, a eureka discovery, a significant breakthrough, breakthrough. uncovering the sinister secrets. Scientists across the world. world first. This is the idea that if you eat like our ancestors did in Paleolithic times, you can lose weight, stave off illness, and live at the peak of health. Now, followers say they are shedding drastic amounts of weight and are warding off debilitating diseases. The caveman diet is the most Googled diet on the planet. We need to eat the way nature intended us to eat. The paleo diet is described by some as a fad, a marketing ploy, and... It's offering a different paradigm from what is considered the norm. So it's going to get shot down a little bit. Amidst the cave madness, we're about to find out if this diet is healthy and whether we should all be on it. But first, what even is the paleo diet? Well, the original prescription by Dr. Lauren Cordain, who wrote The Paleo Diet, said that our diet should consist of lean meats, fish, leafy greens, nuts, berries. That's Daryl Edwards. He's a paleo advocate and author of the book Paleo Fitness. And we should eschew processed foods, unnecessary sugar and sweeteners, uh, and avoid anti-nutrients. Anti-nutrients. We'll get to those a little later. Now, also, paleo fans completely cut out dairy because paleo people didn't have cows. I don't eat any dairy at all. And also, no legumes. So this means no cheese, no chickpeas, no paluk paneer for you, none of that. And that's all fine. But then, there's science. Officially, the Paleolithic period begins around 2.5 million years ago. No, T-Rex was dead long before this. Okay, and it goes until around 10,000 years ago. Really, before we figured out agriculture. So what were our early ancestors eating back then? So I would assume they would have eaten quite a lot of plant foods, probably fruits, seeds. They turned increasingly to animal source foods. This is Catherine Milton. She's a professor at the University of California in Berkeley. And when it comes to knowing what our ancestors ate, she's one of the best in the business. So I went to Brazil and over about 15-year period, I was able to work with seven different indigenous groups in the Brazilian Amazon who had been very little contacted by outsiders. She's also studied non-human primates to get an idea about what our monkey cousins were eating. So... What does our primatologist think of the paleo diet? Well, the thing is, I honestly don't know what people mean when they talk about the paleo diet because there were hundreds of different paleo diets. Because people were eating what was around them. So if you lived near the ocean, you'd be eating lots of fish. If you lived in the Andes Mountains, you might have been eating cashews. And this means that when people say they're going paleo, they're not eating a diet that resembles what one person living in Paleolithic times would have eaten. They're getting their apples, maybe from the Middle East, their avocados from Mexico, barramundi from northern Australia. I mean, this is a travelling, travelling caveman. But the thing you have to understand is that if someone is a hunter-gatherer, 
which is what our ostensibly paleo ancestors were. That means they are eating only wild plant foods and wild animal foods. So it would be, I would think, extremely difficult for anyone, you know, with a normal job or anything in the United States <laughs> to fancy that they were eating anything remotely similar to a, quote, any of the, quote, paleolithic diets. But when I put this to Daryl Edwards, our paleo advocate, he actually had a pretty convincing answer, I thought. Did they eat broccoli 50,000 years ago? Probably not. It was probably a wild variant of the modern-day broccoli plant. But we do know the classification that will mimic the paleo lifestyle. But Catherine is quite adamant that any food you get today is so far removed from what cave people would have been eating that you should really just forget this idea that you're eating paleo at all. She even says... The paleo diet just seemed to me to be very counter our primate heritage, very counter our digestive physiology, and unlikely to provide us with much other than the fact that staying away from processed materials is probably a very good idea. Plus, the paleo diet excludes potatoes. <laughs> no, you laugh? Well, I just laugh because of the enormous amounts of potatoes that are consumed in the Andes and Highland New Guinea and so on. I mean, they would be quite shocked if they knew they couldn't have the yam or the sweet potato or the or the solanaceous potato. <laughs> Other things that are no-nos, um, grains are another one. Well, I'm, I'm, well, you know what they say, take away the grains and 80% of the world's population will be gone within a few weeks. So, you know, it's kind of ludicrous, really. Conclusion. This so-called paleo diet is not paleolithic. And you know what? Even Daryl Edwards, who wrote the book Paleo Fitness, acknowledges this. Paleolithic or the paleo is just a label that best describes what we're aiming for. But we don't have to go that far back. We can go back just a few generations and realise that some of the foods that were, have been very recently introduced to us, I mean, even in the last 20, 30 years, there will have been a lot of foods and a lot of artificial sweetness and preservatives and the like that we have no idea what they're... Or we do have a great idea as to what they're doing to our health today. So just going back a few generations, in my opinion, would be good enough for most people. I'm not sure that you can sneak out of this so easily, though, because the thrust behind this paleo diet argues that humans take tens of thousands of years to evolve so that they can eat certain foods. And if it's okay to just go back a few generations, then that's a different philosophy, isn't it? Which takes us to our next question. Is this so-called paleo diet even healthy? Because while the elimination of some processed foods is a good thing... There are other foods that are excluded from this diet. Like dairy. It's a no-no, because two million years ago, we hadn't domesticated cows yet. My calcium I get from sardines, with the bones, a great source of calcium. Um, I also get them from leafy greens. Huh. So do you need to eat dairy to get enough calcium for healthy bones? Well, how does a gorilla get dairy? Here's Catherine Milton again. <laughs> Because wild plants, have, many wild plants have very high concentrations of calcium and they're able to get all of the calcium that they require from their wild plant diets. So you might be able to keep your bones strong on a diet without dairy if you track what you're eating. Another potential issue with the paleo diet is 
how much meat you're eating. Here's Daryl Edwards. So I'll definitely always have some animal protein on a daily basis. And in terms of the amount, it might be 100 grams of, of steak. It's not excessive amounts of, of meat or fish. It might not be excessive, but according to the most recent guidelines from the National Health and Medical Research Council of Australia, that's still too much meat. These days, they're recommending about 65 grams of red meat per day maximum, or instead, 100 grams of fish. That's about one medium-sized meatball. And what happens if you go overboard? The strongest evidence is the relationship between red meat and increased risk of colorectal cancer. That's Jonathan Hallett from the Collaboration for Evidence Research and Impact in Public Health at Curtin University in Perth. But also links with lung and renal cancer and potentially pancreatic cancers. Jonathan says that the potential overconsumption of meat is particularly troubling given that the paleo diet says you're not allowed to have processed grains, including whole wheat bread. Whole grains in particular are um, packaged with bran and fibre, and we know that there's evidence for that around preventing the formation of small blood clots, it helps lower cholesterol, moves away through the digestive tract. So if you're both consuming large amounts of, say, red meat, which we know has a link to colorectal cancer, and then you're not consuming whole grains, which we know is linked to preventing colorectal cancer, you know, what is that actually going to do? Well, apparently, increase your risk of colorectal cancer. Our final question on the paleo diet is about these so-called anti-nutrients. Now, these are often found in plants as a defence against predators. And according to Daryl... Avoid anti-nutrients where possible. And this is why you shouldn't eat potatoes, legumes and wheat, because they're chock full of these anti-nutrients. He says that in the worst case, it can kill you, but more likely... You might incur some slight sickness or you may have suffer illness over a longer period of time. But there's no human studies that have demonstrated that well, and the founder of the paleo movement, Dr Lauren Cordain, even admits that on his website. Plus, anti-nutrients aren't necessarily anti-your health. Dora Marinova, who's a professor at Curtin University in Perth and works with Jonathan Hallett, told me via email that, quote... In the scientific literature, there have been calls for more than a decade to stop the use of the term anti-nutrients or change it because of the benefits these substances have. The term is misleading. End quote. So some of these anti-nutrients, for example, have been found to have antioxidant and anti-cancer qualities. Even in the paleo-loving world, this issue legumes large. Chris Kresser, who's the author of Your Personal Paleo Code, for example, reckons it's okay to eat legumes. Okay, so when it comes to science versus the paleo diet, does it stack up? Well, although the diet isn't paleo and... It's littered with these frustrating pseudoscience-y words or science words used badly. It's understandable that people are moving towards these sorts of diets, particularly when conventional medicine isn't giving them satisfying responses. So take our paleo advocate Daryl Edwards, for example. Now, he found the paleo way of life because he was in really bad shape. He'd pretty much eaten chocolate bars and microwave spaghetti for a decade and then just found he was in really poor health. So I was at elevated risk of heart disease. I was pre-diabetic. And the doctor's uh, remedy for that was for me to undergo a medication program, which is going to be for the rest of my life. So instead of going on the meds, he searched for a different lifestyle and found the paleo diet. 
And now he says he's very healthy and no longer pre-diabetic. But based on the science, he probably didn't need to go paleo. So the message for today? Don't say you're on the paleo diet. Sure, reduce your consumption of processed foods and excess sugars. But when it comes to science versus paleo, it's science one, paleo diet, nil. That's it for Science Versus. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud or your favourite podcast app. And next time, does race exist? Michael, you need something else. You need something special because it's a white man's world out there and you've got to be better than them. So what I've done is I've taken these same concepts that we apply to the non-human world and apply them to humans and ask, are there races? I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Fact you next time.